Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to a very special episode of Buker, Blackman, and Hollins, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can hear me on intercom stations across the country, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buecher. He is NFL vet Will Blackman. You can see him on FS1. He's known also as the Wine MVP. Follow him in his sommelier, uh, I don't know, uh, journey, I suppose, is the appropriate way to describe it. Uh, Ryan Hollins, NBA vet. You can see him on a number of platforms as well. But guys, we're we're really here. We're doing a special episode because uh, this is being recorded on a Sunday earlier today. Certainly one of the shocks of my life. Uh, Kobe Bean Bryant get, getting the news that Kobe Bean Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gigi had died in a, a helicopter crash. And I'll, I'll throw it to you guys right away. I, I've known Kobe since he came into the league. Uh, I got to know him better than most in the league. Uh, or at least uh, in the in the media, and so I, it's still I'm still coming to grips with the idea that Kobe Bryant is no longer among us. But I'm wondering what your reaction was, how you found out about it, and what your reaction was when you found out the news about Kobe. Yeah, Ryan. Well, for me, my wife sent me a text message that said Kobe Bryant dies in helicopter accident, and I'm like. I, I think to Kobe Bryant, his internet commercial where he, you know, the viral thing, he goes viral, Ronnie Turrioff, where he jumps over the Lamborghini. And I'm like, okay, helicopter stunt. Okay, Kobe's back at it. You know, he's trying to, he's shocking the world. He's that type of hmm. guy. And then I, I hit the link, then it was TMZ, and TMZ was down. And I'm like, well, maybe it's a wrong link. And then I, I went to Twitter and I started seeing stuff. And I just, I just kind of shut off my Twitter. I closed it out because um, it gave me flashbacks that it took me to a place where my father died. And my wife reached reached out to me, and I, I just kept kind of avoiding the messages. I didn't want to – this couldn't be real. This was a joke. I'm, I'm waiting for the aha moment, you know, mm-hmm. or prank to have, have come out. And it didn't come out, and I'm still coming to grips with it, guys. Yeah, I was – um. I, I was upstairs hanging out with 
uh, our son Ryder, and you know I, I left my phone in the bathroom. And then my wife and our daughter Jay, they went to the market. I was like, okay, let me go get my phone in case they an emergency, they need me, whatever. And when I grabbed my phone, I had about 20 text messages, and I'm like, who in the heck is like hitting me up? Like, like what is going on? And it was a, I have a group message with some of my Boston College friends, and you know they they posted the same thing, the, the couple of links, like this what happened to Kobe, and I'm like, this is another like hoax, another, you know, whatever, you know, same thing basically you said, Ryan. And um, then obviously, yeah, I went and checked on Twitter and more people like le legit sources were like texting me what happened. And, you know, I never I never met Kobe. Or, I never knew him personally. But, you know, my wife was saying, like, you know, when you follow somebody closely as he is, as, like you do with him, it's almost as if you do mm. know, know him. And, you know, when people you know, pass away all the time that are big names, but I don't know something what Kobe hit, hit a nerve hardcore. And I'm pretty chill with all this stuff. I think after I lost my mother as a kid, I became pretty uh, resilient to people passing who were close to me. But this one was different because I, I, I put Kobe in that immortal, you know, category where you're like, okay, this guy is legendary and nothing could and ever ha would happen to him in terms of, him as a pro athlete so that's why when something did that was major yeah yeah and that's part of it is whether you knew him or you didn't the image that kobe cast was a guy who could overcome anything whether it was jumping over the ferrari or it was shooting free throws with the torn achilles or playing with you know a, a torn ligament in his finger like whatever it might be, I, the, the first legendary story I heard was when he was trying out for NBA teams and he'd sprained both ankles. And I forget who he was trying out for. I want to say it was Indiana for some reason. He was trying out for a team and uh, and he wasn't going to let that stop him. He, he, he sliced and diced the other guys in the workout on two, two bad ankles because he was just not going to allow anything to get in his way. So... When I first heard this, I was like, "That that can't be." I always envisioned him, guys, as as the the basketball version of Jim Brown. I figured that he would just he would be one of those legends that he'd show up now and then, he'd make an appearance, and you could just tell by his presence and the legend of Kobe Bryant, in the same way the legend of Jim Brown, that he would just be this ongoing icon. But not like not this, not ending it, you know, having it ended at 41. It's still hard for me to imagine that I'm never going to have another conversation with Kobe Bryant. And we were, you know, we we were just, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks ago, month ago or so, texting about our respective daughters. He was inviting my daughter down to the Mamba Academy because he saw a, a, a video clip of her that I had, that I had sent her as just basically a proud dad. Hey, what do you think? He was like, she belongs in the Mamba Academy. We're going five days a week, two hours a day. But he had he he was completely embracing being a dad. And I don't know about you guys, but that's the thing that really resonates with me. And I think a lot of people again because they saw him courtside with his with his daughter. Uh, Gigi and you could see by their interaction and hanging out together kind of 
where the, you got a glimpse of that relationship and what it meant to him and, and what he was about. And I think everybody could relate to that. To see that struck down is, I'm still, like I said, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it and, and going in and out of, my dog's been like hanging out right next to me all day. I think he's, he's got that sixth sense of something's, something's wrong with, uh, something's wrong with me. I'm trying to come to terms with something, but that's, that's just, it's exactly where I am. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's still, it, it, it just doesn't feel, feel real despite, despite seeing all, all the details of, of what's going on. It's, it doesn't seem real, and, and it goes back. I mean, even you know, I go back to when I when I heard the news about like Michael Jackson right before he was going on tour. You know, um, it, it was like that too. All of a sudden, once again, in that immortal category of someone who's going to be around forever and ever and ever. You know, same thing. We got the news about Prince, another person who is is going to be around forever and ever and ever. So I I agree with you in terms of that that Jim Brown comparison. Just, just gonna be one of the OGs, just always at games, yeah. Uh, every single level, and and you know, and everybody was curious, you know, his his tutelage with his daughter, you know, what she was gonna be, you know, eventually. So, yeah, it's just hard to talk about because you're at loss for words, like literally, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I don't yeah, know, yeah. At the same time, uh, you know, it struck me how it's resonated with so many people because Kobe could be. A polarizing figure you know there was people that were passionately for him and passionately critical about him and yet he was such a force and a presence and there was there was something about him that clearly everybody however they felt about him they respected there was an element about him that they respected without question and I just wonder as a especially not knowing him personally will as a professional athlete what what was it about Kobe Bryant as a professional athlete that impressed you or made the greatest impression on you? The the biggest thing that impressed me is that he, I felt like his his style of play and his mindset struck fear in his opponents. You know, it, he was that type of guy, just like Jordan. You know, you heard uh, videos from. Coach Collins saying like you didn't you did not want to take him off because he will come at you and it is it is all over with you know and, and that's and that's what separated him from a lot of players you know that's why I put them two next to each other there there are interviews with Allen Iverson saying like y'all y'all got it twisted like Kobe was dangerous <laughs> I was like you, you you know, you guys don't understand. Like this was a, a dangerous ball player, and it, it's that it is you know the Mamba mentality. It is that mindset where it's like it doesn't matter what's there. Like we're gonna we're gonna figure it out, hmm. regardless what it is. You know, and I, I remember I was at a, a summit, a financial summit, investment summit rather, and someone asked me like, what's one word that you can describe yourself? And I I couldn't really think of it. And I was like, you know what, resilient. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like there is there is not one single thing that I can't handle or, or, or go through, you know? And then all it did for Kobe is is that it, it just fueled him no matter what. Whatever he wanted to do in terms of the game of basketball, he, he figured it out and made it happen. Yeah, honestly, that was the thing is that he figured it 
he figured it all out and we got to watch him figure it out. I think that's what made those who really paid attention to Kobe from beginning to end become so devoted to him because he wasn't a perfect individual by any stretch. He wasn't a perfect player by any stretch. Uh, not when he first came into the league. He wasn't a perfect teammate. But we saw him we saw him evolve. We saw him evolve from a high school kid coming off the bench who was beat up by the veterans because who was this like a cocky young kid, high schooler coming in thinking he's going to be all that. And then it was he got to take over. He proved himself. He took over. Then he became, became the guy running the show and he was relentless in that. And then he got to a point where his physical skills started to erode and he needed to incorporate. He needed help. So, but that's reached, my point. He kept, he kept figuring it out. Yes. He, and he kept evolving. He kept evolving right. as a player and a human being in order to do that. So, Ryan, how, what was your experience just like your, your most memorable experience with him playing against him? Man, honestly, before I can even talk about playing against him, I, I have to talk about from being a stone cold killer. A guy who who had grown up really to himself, who didn't have friends, uh, who didn't associate even with teammates. Nobody really uh, knew who this guy was. He was just this assassin on the court. To becoming a, a family man and a mentor to the NBA players, we were at an NBA 2K event, and you know, me and Kobe probably talked 30, 45 minutes. And for me, Will, you know what I mean? I was just a role player in the league. There's no way Kobe Bryant even knows who Ryan Hollins is. And it was just, are you healthy? How you doing? Family good? Are you really done with playing ball? You look great. What are you doing to work out every day? And he was just so tangible. And I played for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wasn't that tangible. You know, if you're a part of the North Carolina crew or you're a, you know, Jumpman athlete, you know, or Chicago guy, you know, Michael would deal with you. But for the most part, Kobe was just very realistic. And it's really humbling to see how a guy at that level of greatness knows the smaller players, I guess you would say, you know, has this intimate knowledge and understanding of, uh, you know, just the common player is really rare. And Rick, I would say in terms of playing, he came in and I got to say a chance of Kobe and the glimpse of his just like his heyday. And Will and Rick, he would have this like mental warfare where he would look at your bench and he would stare you down. And it was like, yo, like, who are you? Like the ultimate disrespect. And it's funny, you know, James Harden, you know, doesn't close out on John Moran and he goes, John Moran hits the shot. He goes, you better know who I am. James Harden got that from Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant would close out on guys and he would he would pretty much like he would give them that look and say, like, I dare you to shoot the ball. And guys would shoot the ball off the backboard. They'd be so intimidated that it was Kobe Bryant. And he he just brought that element to the game, man. I, I've never seen a level of respect through the game of basketball alongside anybody other than Michael Jordan like that. You know, Le LeBron James, it seems like everybody wants a piece of LeBron until he wakes up. You ain't want Kobe, not one of 82 games, bro. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right. Yeah, no, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. And it was there's it's it's interesting. You talk about how he uh, he connected with you and asked about you. At, there was actually that as I went back, I started thinking about all my experiences with Kobe, going back to the very beginning. It, it was always in there. It was a matter of who he was going to trust. And could he get where he wanted to go? First and foremost, it was, I need to get where I'm going to go. But I just, I remember, I remember one of the first times he was on the road with the Lakers. They were in Houston. And he invited me over to his his uh, hotel room. I was working on a story. And we ended up, we were watching, this was when, the only time you got national games, this was before NBA League Pass. The only the the national games you got were on Sunday. There would be a doubleheader on a Sunday, and we were in his room watching. And we watched the first game, and we watched most of the second game. The second game was kind of a blowout, and like I was fascinated by Kobe. But Kobe was a really young player, and I was probably what ten years older than he was. And so, like, there was a point where. I was like, you know what? I was like looking at my watch and I'm thinking, I am here. I have a private audience with uh, with Kobe Bryant and I'm ready to go before he is. And it was largely just because of what you said. Like he was so, he was lonely as a dude who first came into the league. You think about the stardom that Kobe Bryant uh, ascended to. But when he came in, he wasn't afforded that by his teammates. He wasn't sure how to welcome that with his teammates. And so, again, just to see, I, I think he was he was looking for that connection uh, that he had with his daughter, with guys in the league, with teammates. It just took him a while to get there because first and foremost, it was I gotta I gotta figure this out and I gotta I gotta make my mark in the league. And he was more focused on that than being friends with anybody, which sounds kind of normal in one sense, but you look at the league today and you're like, that's totally, that's not how it works today, right? Well, Everybody's from, boys first. Yeah, well, from my knowledge, I guess, like, through the high school circuit, that's how it was, you know, when he came over from Italy, you know, who's this kid, you know, speaking both languages and trying to be like Jordan and go, and irritated a lot of people. No <laughs> doubt. Know? he's like, And because he was trying to take everybody's head, head off. Yes, yes. You know? So, right, he, he probably looked back and you did see it towards the end of his career, how he was being more of that social type of player into the show. You know, he is, we is. But so to, to the heart of that though, you look at his friendship and his allegiance with Derek Fisher through all the years, you know why and where that was started. It was because he and Derek were part of the bench brigade when Kobe first came in and he learned to trust Derek but he also knew that Derek had his back. Right. And so 
he never ever ever lost that that connection with Derek. And so and I and in some ways I think from a media perspective that's what he and I had like I was I was on him and believing in him early on when he was shooting the I mean never forget like he hit he shot all those air balls against Utah and everybody was killing him ripping him who is this guy like pass the damn ball da da da, da. and I was like it takes guts to take those shots it takes guts to miss to airball and then say you know what I'm taking the next one I missed that one I'm taking the next one it takes guts uh along with eventually you got to start making them but I just went to him shortly after that and I said to him I said look I know everybody's killing you I said I believe in you man I think you're gonna make it you're gonna get there and he was like I take every one of those shots again and then some I keep on I mean he wasn't phased by it he didn't need me to say you know to buck him up or anything right but he appreciated that I said what I said and so I you know I think that that began the avenue but I just that I think that's what's so hard here will and I don't know if it strikes you because of where you are in your career but he was just he was on the cusp of this next phase and he was setting it up well as I see you right. setting yours up well with he was building his post career empire and, and and doing it with a full heart you know not looking back at all really kind of conscious of like hey I, I was that's what I was but now this is who I am and I think his ability to fully embrace like I'm moving on I mean who if you're Kobe Bryant if you're if you're a player of that if you're any any professional athlete uh, I would think that it's hard to let go of that persona because of all that it meant and all that you put into it and yet he did it and he like he just but set he it aside good. and he went he on was, to the next but, thing but he was done playing he was good i know but but, but that but that's my, that's what i mean that's his that was his mindset in terms of when he was basketball he was all in yes all in yes. for basketball and therefore when he made his decision that he's not going to play anymore he shut that door and now he's all he was all in with his next ventures and projects I mean, it sounds, yes, it is, but I just look at how hard that is to do, right? I look at, I look at Charles Woodson, too. He, he was a guy who was all in, and then as soon as he played his last game in Oakland, he, he, was, he was all good because he knew his body couldn't play another full 16. Right. He knew that, and they, they wanted him to come back for another year, but right now he's enjoying his ventures, his post-career ventures, his passions. Like they, I feel like... Kobe found his passions post-basketball. Are there any other athletes for you in other sports that carry the same sort of persona or, I don't know, reputation, whatever it is, that have, they have, I feel as if Kobe's uh, persona uh, projects beyond basketball, that players of every sport yeah, look at him like, as a I feel like, icon. yeah, for football, it's probably Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning's like that, just a guy who had the same kind of, you know, detailed work. Ironically, they both had the details and um, right with the ESPN, you know, on ESPN Plus. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that same kind of mindset 
in terms of that the details and preparation and then well respected by everybody in every single uh, sport and just how he just stopped playing and then and then went on and, and did other stuff and there's there's not even a, a hint of him trying to come back and play like once he was done he was done how much did you know about uh his workouts his workouts and the intensity of his workouts and how often he worked out are pretty legendary. I don't know how they stack up against what you would do or what you heard other guys were doing. Like, what, where does he fit in that realm? How much did that signify anything? Talking about Kobe's training regimens? Yes. I, I would put it, same thing with Peyton Manning or, or with Drew Brees. Like, those guys worked super hard they had legit private off-season workouts where they went at it they you know guys can come work out and they went full-fledged went hardcore at it any last thoughts will about um, kobe not really man like i said he was is in that category of uh, immortal immortal to me and i just i just totally respected the way he he played the game and i a reporter, Mike Jones, he hit me up. He goes, "What, what, what, what did it mean to you, like Kobe? What, what did you, what was his like thing to you?" I said, "For me, Kobe was basically the second coming. Hmm. If Jordan was Jesus, Kobe was the second coming. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> I mean, that, that's but that's how I saw it. It still, as of right now, does not feel real. It doesn't feel real at all." Like I, st- I, there's still a part of me that does like not until, believes. Not until the service happens. That's when like it might hit me. You know that it's really, really, really real. I'm still waiting for oh, you know, mistaken identity or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, that does it uh, for this special edition. As I said, special edition of Buker Blackman and Hollins. Just thought uh, we should get together because I know how it's resonated throughout the sports world. And I just knew without even talking to you guys that there would be, I mean, it's funny how we all collectively said, you know what, we need to get together and we need to do a podcast because uh, we need to be able to share our thoughts on exactly what, uh, what Kobe Bryant meant and what the passing of Kobe Bryant uh, means to us. So uh, in the next podcast, I will be joined by uh, DJ Augustine from the Orlando Magic. He also went through a bit of tragedy. He was a survivor from Hurricane Katrina. We talk about how that shaped his approach to his NBA career and his belief that you appreciate what you have. And a lot of that came out of his experience in having to evacuate uh, his hometown, New Orleans. Don't forget to rate and review uh, the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get it. And if you want us to do something for you, screenshot that review and send it to us at Buker Friends. In the meantime, for Ryan, for Will, and myself, as always, thanks for listening. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.